Galaxy fans, welcome back to a special show as we head into the holiday season here with Rule of the Galaxy. It's episode 184 of the Rule of the Galaxy podcast. And uh, you know what? I gave the co-hosts the week off. I said, guys, go have fun with your families. Prepare for the holiday season. We're going to bring in some big time gamers here, but we're going to bring in some some of the big time crew and, and just have some fun and uh, and just see where it goes. So uh, as always, you can follow us at Rule the Galaxy SW on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, man, we need to get more on Instagram. We just don't do that. Uh, Rule the Galaxy on Facebook and YouTube. Go to Etsy.com. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see the logo behind me. Get some hats, shirts, sweatshirts with our cool Rule the Galaxy logo. Just type in Rule the Galaxy, all one word. You'll find us on there. And uh, last but not least, you can email us at rulethegalaxysw at gmail.com. But again, it's a special show, chapter 184. We're going to go around the room, introduce some of our regular co-hosts, some regular uh, surprise guests, and, and we'll just start We'll start off with Mr. Adam Bray, who's presently sitting in a greenhouse. Adam, how are you? Hey, I'm doing good. Yeah, yeah, I'm in, uh, it's kind of nice here because I'm in northern Michigan, and there's snow on the ground already so it's nice to have all these tropical plants around me it feels feels kind of like i'm in a space station in, in their uh, garden room so i don't know i might i might uh, this might become a habit it's kind of fun all right what, what was that movie that uh, chris pratt and uh the girl from uh Ipanema? jennifer lawrence oh. was that where they were stuck in the ship and they, they oh yeah they had uh, all the plants and everything with right. them they were going somewhere out and and they woke up accidentally so um yeah, yeah yeah that's what it reminds me of behind you right there a little bit of a little bit of that you said star trek but yeah i could go with that um but we're we're glad you're here and i know you've been right. doing a lot of you've been doing a lot of stuff recently so we'll have you talk about some of the book signings and some of the things you've been doing uh recently sure. some new re-releases and things of your books but uh we'll move on to one of our other guys who's been on the show quite a few times, Mr. Scott Reif, and I believe the most listened to man in South Georgia radio. How are you, Scott? As far as I'm concerned, that's true. Hey, I'm great. I'm great. I'm glad to be here. I am fresh off of a trip to Galaxy's Edge, just came back, and that means that I'm Oprah tonight. You know why? No. Joseph Molinaro, Adam Bray, Jimmy Mack, who's not been introduced yet. You get a holiday droid. And oh. you get a holiday droid. Oh, you get a holiday boy. droid. Everybody gets holiday droids. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. All right. We'll get you our addresses very soon. And awesome. Alfie, we can't tell yeah. Alfie about that because he'll be oh, depressed. 
Um, well, thank you. We'll, we'll, we'll figure that out later on the holiday droid. So yeah. I'm, I'm glad you got to go. I want to hear the most updates on that. So we're, we're glad you're back from that and uh, glad you're not covering elections tonight so you can be with us. So well, it, was, it was it was one of those things where it was only there's only one race on the ballot tonight. And so I didn't want to go on the air for two hours and go, all right, it's three million seven hundred sixty two thousand one hundred ninety four. One hundred ninety five, one hundred ninety six. You know, it just it didn't make any sense. It would be like Navin Johnson writing checks out for your one dollar and nine cents. So I just, I just not a thing that's going to happen. Okay, well, it's good. We'd rather you be here with us. Yeah. Um. So as you guys both know, you know, uh, listening to you, Scott, on your podcast, uh, listen, Mister, uh, Mister, listen, to Steve Gloss and his podcast. Seeing Adam Bray show up on all these podcasts and, and having his books that he's written, what's one of the reasons that my son and I got into doing Rule of the Galaxy um, as a podcast? It, it Just hearing all you guys and all your topics and all your discussions really got us impassioned about having our Star Wars discussions. And But I tell you what, the guy who's who's joining us now is, um, I was telling you guys beforehand, the, the real reason my son, Joey, started the Rule of the Galaxy podcast and then left it in my hands was he was just the biggest fan of Rebel Force Radio. And he and I would talk about it every week. We'd, we'd go over all the discussions. We, we would just, you know, what Jimmy say? what Jason say? Who were their guests? And to then have a chance to meet Jimmy and Jason down at the ICC Con in Nashville, Tennessee, that was awesome. And you guys were great and sit there and talk about podcasts with me forever. Um, so here's our special guest for the night, Mr. Jimmy Mack from Rebel Force Radio. Jimmy, thanks for being with us. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for having me. And I'm glad you had me on with some old friends, Scott Reifen, Adam Bray. I go way back with both these guys. As a matter of fact, Scott, I'm thank you so much for that droid. I I need that one. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. All the droids. And Scott is in the past, he has sent me droids. I send you, I get holiday droids, and I know not everybody can go down there, and I'm down there every holiday. So uh, I just figured there are people that I know would appreciate those, the three, yes. three and three quarter collectors, uh, what little three and three quarter there is in existence. And uh, I figure that's a good supplement for everybody. Yeah, yeah. I love them. I have a whole bunch of those droids. Now, now Jimmy, <laughs> you never responded to an email I sent you a while back. Oh, boy. No. Now, usually you goes. do. But there's yeah, one you didn't. Sure. Okay. <laughs> well, obviously, you know, obviously this is, it slipped through the cracks. So this is, well, and, and when I'm about to tell you what it is, then maybe that's an appropriate turn of phrase. Um, I sent you audio of me in the bathroom. Oh, uh -oh. gosh. No, see, I, I would remember this. <laughs> I have no, no re recollection of this ever happening. Ah, so they say. Now, it was one day, I think it was this summer, we were down, I was in Galaxy's Edge, and I'm in the bathroom, and I noticed that they had, like, everything's in-world there, and I noticed that the, the audio that they pipe through in the bathroom is in-world, in-universe. Yes. Right. And it got to the point where I was by myself in the bathroom and I noticed there was some kind of an intergalactic Star Warsy sporting event going on. Mm -hmm. So I fired up the iPhone and I just and my wife's, of course, outside waiting on me to come out. And uh, and I held it up to the speaker for probably, I don't know, a minute and a half, two minutes. And I got just pure, undiluted, unabashed Star Wars bathroom audio. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you I know, sent you that file. I, I found <laughs> I, I just found it. OK, oh, this my was a gosh. while ago, too. Yeah. So yeah, obviously I miss this, but uh, yeah, the <laughs> I, 
figured you, the Star Wars audio archivist, would appreciate the Star Wars bathroom audio. Oh, well, I'm, I'm taking this down into the lab. <laughs> I'm going to put it through a I'd love to hear some hot flatulence. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is great. This um, is great. I appreciate this. So, yeah, I'll follow up on this on uh, Rebel Force Radio. For All sure. right. Yes. Yeah, I, I maybe wear gloves since it's been in the bathroom with Scott. Wear wear gloves as you're sure. prepping it for the show. Speaking of Galaxy's Edge, an RFR listener was just there. He sent me this cool medallion, Rise of the Resistance. Have you guys seen this? No, I no. haven't seen that medallion. I was just there. I rode that twice the other day. It's like uh, Poe Dameron's helmet. Yeah. Yes. Interesting stylized version of it. It's cool. It's you. a great ride, you know? Oh. So I appreciate that because I didn't have any merch from um, from that specific ride. When I, yeah, when I, I a magic band. When you first pulled that up on the screen, and for our listeners, uh, uh, the first thing that came in my head is it looked like the amulet from, uh, or the, the item from Indiana Jones, where you put uh, it on top of the staff. The staff of Raw. Yeah. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going <laughs> to put this in the oven at 400. <laughs> for 20 minutes and then i'm gonna reach in i'm gonna grab it and i'm yes. gonna press it in there that'll I'll be your next tattoo i'll be ready for the next indiana jones movie mm -hmm. i'll just hold it up and, and nobody will be able to I'll be so <laughs> scarred but they'll be like oh now that's dedication that's dedication mm. to indiana jones fandom but little will they realize it's actually uh rise of the resistance and era star wars stuff then if you follow it up with the nunchucks that you hang your jacket on then you're then you're really in you know i think that's you got to go to that next level I th um i thought we saw young tote in the trailer yeah it's not him it's somebody it's else not him. no no my buddy fj told me it's not him yeah so uh, but he had the look he had the look okay yeah I'm, you know what that that brings up one of my first topics so i'm glad we actually went down that path and i didn't even know i was going to do it but i did it so indiana jones trailer comes out we see the de-aging again of harrison ford and, and making the indiana jones i'll start around the room does that lead into a de-aged harrison ford in star wars adam bray what do you think uh sure yeah if they do it to um mark hamill sure they'll do it to harrison ford okay i think we'll see carrie carrie fisher regardless of what they've said before okay so we've got a yes positive on there mr bray what do you what do you think a dh harrison ford whether it's in the mandalorian or something in that time frame your thoughts right just answered Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm in Mr. Rifen. I'm sorry, oh. Scott. Sorry. Um, I don't put anything past anybody. The, the problem was Harrison Ford's a bit of a big ticket. And I don't, uh, you know, it, it may be difficult to get him to sign off on doing it. I don't know. Uh, uh, but I'm sure they'll have the want to. It's just a matter of whether they'll have the allowed to. Okay. Jimmy, how about you? Have we I seen wish him? They, I wish they would have waited on that solo movie until they had the de-aging process ready to rock then it might have been a better film in my impression plus the stand-in for harrison needed to be about a half foot taller <laughs> but yeah <laughs> only freaks like me notice that mm, yeah he he was a little off size in that movie 
but well, they uh, have a they have a shorter solo but they had a shorter chewy too because Jonas is not as tall as peter mayhew so maybe it balances out mm. on scale no i think we did the math on this somewhere <laughs> it wasn't even close still. <laughs> so so you know you brought up the solo movie i read something recently that kasdan one of the kasdans or both the kasdans have said they think that a solo follow-up on a disney plus show would work are you guys open floor does anybody think that's the right path to go or or is that going to the well too many times and would we have to bring all them back for it anybody um i think i you know i i mostly like solo uh i mostly liked it except for the way they handled uh lando and uh his um his special droid gal pal um but I just, I don't know. I, I think they, they've thrown too much away um, to publishing by having a Kira in those comic books. And I don't know. I just, I just don't know if I want to see this on Disney plus. I think, I think enough time's gone by where I'm ready to leave it in the past and go to something else. Yeah. Yeah. Kira's become a major player in the Marvel books at this point. I don't, mm -hmm. I don't know that there's a lot of story room to go back and do solo two with you know involving her but also there's a thing that's coming on the horizon we probably is too big for this show to talk about and that's eventually the streaming model is going to have to change and you're not going to see a ton of these really expensive shows on all of these streamers because it's i mean i think they they lost four billion dollars last year on disney plus mm -hmm. and they had eight billion in profit which means if they hadn't had disney plus at all they'd have had 12 billion in profit so, uh, it, you know, it, the streaming model doesn't work. And at some point, you're going to stop seeing a lot of these really expensive shows showing up on all these streaming channels. And you'll see a few, but you'll see them a little more selective. They got to figure out how to make a streaming model work because it's not only, not only it's hurt box office, it hasn't helped with subscriptions, it's killed home video. Uh, it, it's, it's right now a bottomless pit, but it's also not going anywhere because streaming streaming's the, the way of the future i mean everybody wants it it's a product that's in demand they just got to figure uh, out a way to make it work and i don't think they throw a bunch of expensive shows at it in the future yeah, yeah i agree uh my feelings on that solo film are very complicated because i have a sort of unconditional love thing with star wars but i really don't like the solo movie that's the one <laughs> really? i just really <laughs> don't like I, I i felt like it was a swing and a miss on every pitch Except I did like Chewbacca. I thought Chewie was okay. But I just felt like there were, I had a lot of issues with the film itself. The way it was shot, mm -hmm. the muddy look of it's it. It's very dark. The, uh, mm -hmm. the, the no Harrison Ford, the timing of it was terrible. Mm -hmm. I mean, they just killed off Han mm -hmm. Solo in 2015. <laughs> and then they bring yeah. him back in 2018 and he's six inches shorter. <laughs> It's well, not yeah. anything I ever wanted to see. I mean, really, it's 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 hard to place the blame on anybody in particular. I think there were some creative, piss poor creative choices made along the way. But I also feel like uh, its biggest problem is it's not Harrison Ford playing the role of Han Solo. And I'm not ready for that. If, Talk if, to me in 20 years. If they'd had a sequence now. at the beginning where he shows up and he's teaching a lesson to some little kids and he's he's like really old and he's wearing an eye patch, <laughs> would that maybe help out a little? Hmm. No. I, no. <laughs> because I have a problem with the, the way the whole movie looks. Yeah. Things are backlit. 
so everything in the foreground is mm-hmm. shadowy and murky and the just like omnichromatic look at things it just it's it didn't it it missed the tone of star wars completely and then it looks like a 3d movie when it's not in 3d i didn't buy kira could kick anyone's ass <laughs> that she's about you know she's so tiny everyone was too small in this movie for me <laughs> You know, shoot it again with a bunch of NBA players or something to satisfy me. I never really uh, thought of it, but I guess it's uh, true. Yeah. But I mean, okay. you have to have somebody really small playing that role because Alden Ehrenreich was small. True. And so I just think that that's mm. the, the, the biggest thing was the casting. And they swung and they missed. Alden was not the right choice. Now, would would you say the enemy was that I'm blanking his name? That's how memorable the movie was. Oh yeah, the worst enemy in Star Wars ever. Yeah. The most boring. What yeah. did that guy do? We had those weird lines Dryden on his Voss. head. Yeah, Dryden yeah. Boss. There we go. Paul yeah. Bettany right. playing the role, probably hungover after a three weekend bender with Johnny Depp. You know, I mean, I said probably. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. There was a lot of talk in the courtroom uh, just a few months ago about mm-hmm. how much Paul Bettany was partying his ass off with John. Wow. Yep. Look it up. Uh, I'm yep. not making this up. Nope. I need. I need to say more on top of modern media. I, I just, uh, you know. Yeah. Oh, uh, the Johnny Depp. Yeah. yeah. I, I would get like a two a minute. Boot. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was some good entertainment. And it might be coming back, from what I heard. I heard there's another case oh, a coming. Sequel. Yeah. See, I'd rather see a sequel to that than a sequel to Solo. <laughs> okay. Um, Me too. Make Amber too. Turd 2 happen. <laughs> with, oh, yeah, we got to look that one up. <laughs> Jimmy, with you being with you being our, our newest special guest, I had a couple questions for you related to RFR. It, it, okay. it, for those of you who are listening to Rule of the Galaxy, look, if you're not listening to Rebel Force Radio, what are you doing? We should be like the little snippet you see and the, the candies walking in the theater at the concession stand before you go see the movie that's us compared to rebel force radio so Sometimes that's better than the movie though well, um but, well I, I, i'm gonna say probably not on our end but um looking back at the time you've been doing rfr how, how many episodes have you guys done together you and jason you got me <laughs> you got me really over a thousand for sure if you count like patreon exclusive oh, yeah micro casts round tables after shows weekly shows but i'm i have i couldn't tell you how many it's been um like uh 17 years 17 16 or 17 years 16 years 16 years i i like that he's looking over to his side like jason's over there to give him the no, answer i'm just kind of <laughs> I, I, it's just a tick i have when i'm trying to when i put um, a lot about something like well that. that's all right that's okay um and and you don't have to hurt anybody's feelings with this but if if you want to you can um looking back at all the interviews you've done looking at all the people related to star wars that you've had on your show is there somebody that stands out where you say this I can't believe we got this interview. I can't believe we got to sit down and talk to this person about Star Wars and and just like you pinch yourself thinking about it. Again, too many to count. <laughs> yes, really. Um, there have been certain moments, and yeah, there's been times. Um, for sure, there's been times. Mark Hamill, 
been able to sit down with him twice one time in japan which was a trip um <laughs> because what was interesting about being in japan with all these star wars actors for star wars celebration japan this was in 2008 is that all the english speaking people tended to stick together <laughs> and there weren't many and so i got to know a lot of the actors and people like David Prowse and Peter Mayhew and Daniel Logan. And some of them I kind of known, but that really, um, that really actually built friendships that trip, you know? Um, and I met a lot of people for the first time there, Matthew Wood, Dave Filoni, a lot of Lucasfilm people, Bonnie Burton, Larry Noble. Oh my God, Steve Sansweet, of course. So, you know, that, that Japan trip was the one when I was stuck on that plane for what seemed like a year and going through a lot of different mood swings throughout <laughs> the flight. And it, it sometimes saying to myself, are you crazy? Why you're flying out to Japan for star Wars? What's the right. matter with you? And I mean, less than a decade before the idea of flying to Denver, Colorado for Star Wars, for Star Wars Celebration one was absurd. That was an absurd thought for me. You don't right. get on a plane and go somewhere for Star Wars. And now here I am, you know, less than a decade later, flying out to Japan. So um, but that that trip paid dividends. Yeah. Um, still to this day, I think, because I think some friendships were developed there, some business relationships um yeah it was a really good trip <laughs> oh yeah really good one ray park was there you know he's a he's a wild man ray park yeah. but you know but just yeah. like on the fandom standpoint you know like a mark hamill you know the bigger ones sure um carrie fisher was a trip um but just like anybody, just like any opportunity to be able to talk to somebody and be able to share the conversation and with a bunch of people listening, that to me is like, you know, that's that's what it's all about. So um, that's, that's something that I used to work really hard on. I say used to because, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm not out there hunting them down like I used to. Sure. But on planes to Japan and stuff, that that's definitely slowed down a little bit. But uh no, that's but I, yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I, I figured it had to be plenty of them. I mean, all people on bucket lists. I mean, one of my favorite interviews you and Jimmy have done is uh, with Anthony Daniels. You've, I oh know you've talked God, to him. How could I leave? I even mention him. He's uh, well, listening to his audio book, uh, you know, his, his biography, the audio book, and then listening to him discuss it on your show was one of my favorite things. Like that would be while Mark Hamill and Harrison Ford would be great. I, I think having Anthony Daniels as a guest here on rule of the galaxy would be incredible just because he's been a part of everything from the very beginning, whether it's a small part or a big part, and he's seen the ups and the downs of it. So I, I for me, he would be right up there on that list as well. So, yeah. Now I'm glad you brought him up though, because that's, that's very legit. The last time we talked to him, he did a zoom call with us like mm -hmm. this. And it was, oh, maybe a week before Christmas, 2020. And he spent a lot of time with us and was really nice and really cool. And, 
um, it was definitely during that I was saying to myself, you know, boy, it's Christmas. I'm talking to C-3PO <laughs> on a, on a video call, like the Jetsons. If I told this to my <laughs> 10 year old self, yes, he would, his mind would be blown that. Yeah. Years from now, you'll be talking to C-3PO on a TV phone in your basement. Yeah. <laughs> Life has changed. My, my parents, <laughs> I know we're, we're all in a similar age group. My parents told me that, you know, they grew up at the time frame of the Jetsons. And so when they see the things we can do nowadays with our phones, with our computers, they were like, it's, we're almost there. You know, they're, they're like, it's, it feels like what we watched when we were growing up as kids. Now we all watch the Jetsons at some point in time, but they, they got the first run of it. Uh, unlike the rest of us, I think. So, um, so no, I appreciate, I appreciate it. And I, every now and then I'll just bug you with a quick question, Jimmy. And then the rest of them, I'll just kind of go around the room. Uh, Adam, I know you had just done some signings at some, at some, uh, what movie theaters and some things in Michigan uh, recently, uh, some other things as well. You had some new books or re-releases of books come out. Let, let us know a little bit more about that. Yeah, I just did some signings over the holidays. I've got uh, two more coming up. Um, one in Petoskey, Michigan at the local movie theater for Christmas weekend and another in nearby Gaylord, Michigan and their movie theater for New Year's uh, weekend. I might even, because it's, uh, you know, it's a whole school holiday, I might just split up the whole week between the two theaters. So if anyone, if you, anybody knows anybody in, in Northern Michigan, please come to that. Um, I do have a uh, new edition of Ultimate Star Wars. It's from uh, Easton Press. It's, DK has a partnership with them. So they've uh, reprinted it, but it's a leather bound book with uh, gold leaf and um, super fancy. You know, it's the kind of thing they do like the old classics and then you, you give is like Christmas presents and their family heirlooms and stuff. So that um, if people are interested um, and they can go to my website, adambray.com, there's a link to it, uh, to Easton Press's site there. And I don't get any money from this. Um, it's just, they can keep track of whether I'm, whether the word is coming from me. Um, and that may help, you know, I hope with the future, future relationships, uh, if they see that, that I'm a draw. Um, but, uh, and then there's a couple of books I did not write uh, myself, but my, uh, my friends at Harper Collins uh, just sent them to me and they're a lot of fun. So I just wanted to plug them uh, for them. One is uh, the Kike book of Cobra Kai. It's sort of, it's half a, um, half a making of book and half a um, in-universe guide to the, the TV series on Netflix. It's really awesome. So check that out. Um, the other two are uh, Tolkien books. One is, um, oh gosh, I'm, I, I think it's, is it The Fall of Gondor that, that just came out? Um, or no, it, maybe it's The Fall of Numenor. I forget. There's so many kingdoms. Um, but a new posthumous novel from Tolkien. And uh, the other is a illustrated, uh, The Silmarillion, which is just a beautiful um, illustrated books. So be sure to check those out if you're interested in uh, Middle Earth. Tolkien's like Hendrix, you know, Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> so many Hendrix albums came out after he uh. passed away, and Tolkien's still, he's still pumping them out from it's the beginning. Never ending. Tupac. Good for Tupac. <laughs> we'll see a hologram of Tolkien soon. Uh -huh. Yeah. 
writing. Yeah. yeah. The hologram will write. I have a bookshelf over here that's filled with Adam Bray books. I can see Ultimate Star Wars, the Stormtrooper book. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, uh, like everything you ever wanted to know books. They're all there. They're all there. Yeah, uh, so a- Adam awesome. does great work. And if I'm not mistaken, Jimmy Mack, has he put you in a book as well? I know he slips all of his friends in there. I have not gotten into oh, a book he get, yet. He'd get in so much trouble if he did something like that. Not from me, <laughs> but from uh, KK's office. You know, you know I tried. <laughs> I, I, I tried. There was something I remember I tried with you and Swank, but I, I don't think it ever made it in. Um, I Some of those things do some of those things don't and i feel bad like steve glosson i've tried to get him into like a marvel book like three times and every time it gets cut so <laughs> i do try yeah filoni actually tried to put us in the clone wars and yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the art group was just like they weren't prepared for uh, the, the shit storm that would oh can i swear on this you show? can say shit on here all okay. you want we, you know, Jimmy, if we've got five <laughs> listeners, maybe one will say something. How about that? <laughs> well, I'm sorry, because, you know, I actually, I do apply broadcast standards to what I do because I I don't want to uh, rifen understand. Off, off prime hours, Jimmy. We're good. Yeah. yeah, we're, yeah. yeah. See, I have a hard time <laughs> managing that. Once the floodgates open with me, there's no putting the well, <laughs> was that on HBO or Cinemax where they used to come out and say it's past like eight or nine o'clock. We can now show a r-rated movies or something was it one of those pay channels H- hbo used to used to hold them till after eight yeah i mean yeah. that's of course after the day when hbo actually was on before eight because there was a point in time where they wouldn't come on till at night they'd show like two movies and then see ya and that was it huh jimmy jimmy you showed something real quick and i cut you off there what were you showing i got this i just opened this box it's these cool action figures so yeah, Ben Kenobi. That's oh. meat, um, meat slicing Ben, Ooh. along with uh, Belly Ben slice action and um, and and Jawa scam. Tika, is that the is yeah, that the? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, the first episode. Hogshead Ben. Uh, I wasn't expecting this three pack to show up until March or something like that. So, oh, yeah. Christmas surprise! It's there. a miracle. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. There so, Mr. Rifen, mm. not only are you handing out holiday droids, give us give us some feedback here. You you just went to Galaxy's Edge. Anything new? Anything revamped? Did you see the Mandalorian? Did you see Baby Yoda? What mm. what was new or different down at Galaxy's Edge? For about fifteen seconds, I saw Chewie, Ray, and Vimerati. Uh, and I, I, Vimerati just doesn't work for me. Uh, she, she looks like the girl who takes the tickets at the movie theater here. I just, you know, <laughs> I don't buy that she's some gigantic, you know, resistant spy or anything. Um, they have a new game down there. They have these magic bands. I didn't, I didn't bring mine. It's still in the car, the magic band plus, and I got a life day magic band, which was cool. Um, but they have a game. It's a bounty hunter game, but and use the magic band. You, you, put it on the panel and it tells you, here's your bounty, go, go look for him. And then you walk around galaxy's edge and it tells you kind of, it's basically, it's literally you pay 50 bucks for a device that plays hot, cold with you. You are literally walking around the park and it's green. If you're going the right way and it's red, if you're not. And then when you get to the right door and it's just a door, it turns purple and says, Oh yeah, your guys behind this door. Now go get your bounty. 
So about the first, and you go to a door and then this constable Zuvio guy's eyes pop up, you know, and he lectures you about what an idiot you are and how you're not a very good bounty hunter. And then he gives you your credits and, uh, and then moves on about his way. And about the first two or three bounties, you're like, Oh, this is pretty cool. And then after a while you go, okay, so what, what, what actually happens here? And the answer is not much. So it's, okay. yeah, it's, it's like a lot of flash and it's really cool at first, but then eventually you're like, my feet are hurting. I'm, tired. <laughs> I'm getting nothing out of this. Uh, it's green. It's red. It's purple. Okay. Got it. So kids uh, like that though. Little kids. Yeah. It's yeah. All day doing that. Wear them out. <laughs> That's exactly right. You wear the kids out. <laughs> yeah. He goes, Hey, mom and dad will be in the cantina. Yeah. You guys do the, uh, <laughs> Hot and cold game with constable. <laughs> is it really constable Zuvio? It's his, it's it's whatever his species is because it's those eyes, you know, and that's all you see. It's like a slit in the door and it pops. Up. It's a screen, is what it is. Okay. And uh, but it pops up and you see his eyes and he talks to you and to, and again he kind of berates you, which is funny. Um, but but other than that, yeah, there's not much. There's not a lot to it. You, you really kind of go, okay. I didn't even see the guy that I picked up, but I saw a picture of him at first. So I guess that's I guess that's him. Uh, but I tell you this, if, if the gig was to walk around and just find a door that somebody's hiding behind, I'd be a bounty hunter all day. I mean, I could make a good living just walking around. Oh, he's back there guys. All right. We're good. <laughs> Cash it in. Okay. Well, at least there's something new that they've added. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, and it's, you know, it, and it's kind of closer to that promise that they always yes. talked about when they opened it, which was, you know, you're going to have an interactive adventure and all of that. Um, it, it is at least closer to that kind of thing. But it's still not really, it's not much. You and go with Swank. The only interactive adventure you have is standing there at that bar in the canteen. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I have three times at one thing. <laughs> I have to ask uh, Scott. Did did you say it's a Galactic Star Cruiser? No. What are you crazy? Yeah, <laughs> I am. I mean, it's, I, it's, <laughs> look. I mean, you know, I'd love to do it, but you know, I here's the thing. I, we went this weekend. We always go in December. We celebrate our wedding anniversary. This is my 27th year hey, of wedded splendor. Happy anniversary. Congrats. And let me just say, one of the ways, one of the reasons we do this is because I really, really like being married. And if I pushed it to go spend $5,000 for 48 <laughs> hours on Galactic Star Cruiser, I wouldn't stay married. Yeah. Well, it's more than so, $5,000 because they make you buy the battery. Yeah the adult and here's what i heard that's disturbing about that galactic star cruiser if you order just straight up scotch or a, a vodka drink or whatever you know mm. they pour it out of the soda gun so they got, yeah they got their, their so everything's going through the same hose yeah Ugh. i don't know if the same hose also same nozzle though <laughs> as the soda gun but it's that type of device yeah so they hook it, they have it hooked up to like what a big vat of scotch in the back room and they just squirt it out for the Ugh. yeah. So and and then they'll charge you 15 to 20 bucks per drink. Per I, drink. I will tell you this. We did go to Space 220. Now you guys know what Space 220 is. No, it's, no. it's the new it's the new restaurant uh, at Epcot. It's it's part of Mission Space. Uh, and basically it's supposed to be at a space station's 220 miles above the earth and you go you get when you go to the restaurant you have to get in an elevator a space elevator to go to the restaurant okay. and they've got kind of the giant screen panels like they have at at uh, galactic star cruiser except you look down on earth and they've got people floating around and everything it's cool three of us went there 
with tip after a 20% discount. Do you know what we paid for our dinner at Space 220? I'd like to know. 325 bucks. Bonkers. Yeah. Three people? Three people for dinner. That's with tip, but after 20% discount. After 20%. Yeah. Wow. Yes. 325 for dinner. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's a little pricey. Wow. But happy anniversary. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> happy yeah. anniversary. Yeah. And they charge this stuff, and this stuff keeps selling out time and time again. Now I know the Galactic Star Cruiser is mm. not selling out. No. No, no it's not. That they're they're gonna have a coupon day or something. Oh, really? Uh, no, no. But, you know, one of the things I said, and I think I said it on the Rebel Force radio page when they were first getting yeah. ready to open it, I said the way they were designing it, it looked like if they had trouble, they would start taking Disney Vacation Club points, their timeshare. Oh. And then sure enough, a few months in, they announced, yeah. oh, we're going to start taking Vacation Club points. I see. I so see. that was a sign mm. to me that they were struggling because they, you know, because they don't get anything out of the points. Wow. They're just trying to fill cabins. They're just trying to get people in there to mm -hmm. buy the scotch out of the soda gun. Yeah. That and, is a shame. $400 lightsabers. And, yeah. I, I think we can all agree. We we want Galaxy's Edge to be successful. We want someplace like that to be successful. We really wish they would have maybe said, who's been around this for a long time and knows what people would like? We're going to build it the way you see it instead of, hey, we're going to build it the way we want. We don't really oh. care. That's what you thinking man yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know that's, that's stripping the power away from these executives mm. these you know mm -hmm. and, and let's face it the disney imagineers they're geniuses for crying yep. out loud you know yeah. they know how to build a great attraction and stuff but it's just the guidance is misguided you know to base it yeah. in the sequel trilogy era that do, it does not mm. have the it doesn't sustain it doesn't no. it doesn't resonate mm. with the audience no. and and yeah, galaxy's yeah. edge has i'm, I'm, I'm still struggling go ahead to, adam to care about the park to be honest <laughs> sorry about that no, there's a little bit of delay but i'm still struggling i'm still struggling to care about the park to be honest a, a lot of it is like what the guys have said that it's just because it's in the sequel trilogy it's not in anything that that emotionally resonates with me or that, that i even find interesting um, and it's also no i haven't been and you know a lot of my colleagues were getting invitations my co-authors and stuff but i i never heard a thing um so i haven't been i can't afford to go it's too too far away and it's too expensive for me um i've only been the closest i've been to the park uh was several years back when celebration was in orlando i did a signing in disney springs which is the free park um, but I didn't even, you know, go into what was there at the time. I just can't because I, I can't afford it. And then I don't really I don't care about what I've seen so far. Yeah, I, I have to say that it does certainly put you in that Star Wars universe. Sure. There. I mean, you get places, mm -hmm. you know, they built all this stuff around mm -hmm. the Millennium Falcon. And when you approach that Millennium Falcon, mm -hmm. yes. I mean, really, and yes. then R two might roll out in front of you. You you really just want to strip off all your clothes and start rubbing up against that little guy, <laughs> you running around naked around the place. Just you know, it's it's kind of like that, like that super spiritual moment. Oh where, gosh, 
start no. body painting yourself and stuff. <laughs> and it's like you've reached, <laughs> you've reached the peak of uh, Star Wars, um, you know, the, the connection that you can make. Because I know this happened the first time I walked in there. I went with my family, which, you know, you do it with your family. It makes it a thousand times better. Mm -hmm. But they just kind of backed off me, you know, and let me sort of just wander around the Falcon, sort of floating. And, uh, you know, I I think uh, my wife said to to my sons, you know, hey, just give your dad his moment, Lane. (laughs) (laughs) And it was legit, though. It was legit. Mm-hmm. Um, it it takes your breath away to see the Millennium Falcon, and they could have just parked the Falcon right in the middle of Disneyland in front of the Princess's mm-hmm. castle, without even all the Galaxy's Edge crap all over it, and I would have been there in a second. But with in that environment, it's it's it, it's extraordinary. I mean, it's it's yeah. amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. However, I I think they again they missed the boat by placing it in the sequel trilogy. I mean, that's one thing, but it doesn't like weigh on your mind when you're there. No, but it, it, I think it suffers though from a lot of what the sequel trilogy suffered from, which was there wasn't an overall story plan for it. Mm -hmm. Um, And Disney, everything at Disney is storytelling and all the attractions are a story being told. And there's not kind of a consistent story being told across that land. And I think that's a big problem. And again, you know, sequel trilogy, there was no plan for the story throughout the whole thing um and and but i mean like rise of the resistance is an extraordinary attraction it's probably one of the best things they've ever done mm-hmm. yeah. i mean just, um, just heck involved in that yeah it, yeah it's your face <laughs> <laughs> so with with all of us uh original trilogy guys sitting here and, and talking about this i mean one of the things i think about you know talking to my son and, and now i have a grandson so i'm he's three months old and it's amazing to sit there and go, holy cow, I've got a grandson. Um, but, but, um, we talk about it and, and one of the biggest things we discuss is how star Wars brings you back to your childhood. It, It brings back that feeling of that young, that energy, whether it was the comic books, whether it was with the toys, whether it's, it was that weight and that anticipation between movies and that excitedness and talking to your friends on the playground about it and all that kind of stuff. But that's lingered now for 45 years, right? Like I was six when the first one came out. So for me, I'm sitting here going, I still have all those memories. It's still, you know, give me the warm and fuzzies when I think about that and handing it off to my son who will probably hand it off to his son. But looking at that and thinking that, we just talked about the sequel trilogy is a sequel trilogy. Was it even made with the thought in mind besides BB eight to grab six year old kids imagination and make it something that they're warm and fuzzy about 40 years from now. I, the, I don't, I don't see the storyline and the characters doing if, that. If the six year old has a green hair, half a shaved head gauges and a giant ring through their nostrils. Yes. <laughs> Here, here's okay. the thing. you know i've thought about this because you know i've considered that like is the sequel trilogy disposable for the generation that it was supposedly targeting right and um I, i've considered that and i you know sometimes i think well yeah nobody's gonna remember it it seems like lucasfilm doesn't even want people to remember mm-hmm. it. 
it seemed like the rise of Skywalker was just out there to die on the vine. It didn't get any of the kind yeah. of marketing mojo. No. But I, that, I still love that goofy little movie, though. I, I, I like it, too, you know, and, I, and, and I'm not afraid to admit it. Yeah. But um, So I, I think that, you know, yeah, sure, right. It's just going to fizzle away. But then I hear my 19-year-old son say things like, I have nostalgia for The Force Awakens. And then I think about all the kids that came to my house dressed as Captain Phasma and Ray for Halloween mm -hmm. and how it doesn't matter to them that the story was incohesive and poorly planned and didn't connect with the previous two trilogies. It doesn't matter to them because they were playing make-believe as those characters. And that's... That's something that affects you to your core, especially when youth slips away from you mm -hmm. and you think about the things that made you happy when you were a kid. And I think mm -hmm. a lot of kids did connect with mm -hmm. some of those characters, especially Ray. And I saw a lot of Kylo Ren's out for Halloween and stuff too. Now, did that sustain itself throughout the entire run of the sequel trilogy? No. Everything fell off the rails after The Last Jedi came mm -hmm. out. And you can't dispute that. No. That cannot mm -hmm. be disputed. Yeah. The entire yeah. operation fell off the rails with Ryan Johnson's 2017 film. I mean, let's face it. He yeah. destroyed one of the most marketable things, the Kylo Ren helmet. Uh, let's get rid of that, right? Let's scrap that in yeah. his movie, which you could have made how many more figures with that, lo that look? I mean, there's the Darth Vader look. Right. Is still from 1977. I, Kylo Ren could have become an iconic, more iconic figure if you don't just say, "Ah, nope, we're gonna, we're just gonna crush that that everybody just wore for Halloween." Well, yeah, uh, I mean, and I understand the purpose of doing it. Adam Driver's a great actor, and yeah, <laughs> he's don't got a mask. don't mask your guys. Yeah, yeah. What's he gonna yeah. do? Voiceover? Right. <laughs> no, they wanted to mm -hmm. have him on screen, and I think that was okay. But if you're going to destroy the mask, you better have a damn cool one, much cooler than the original, <laughs> ready to go. Right. So you can put it on, take it off and stuff. Um, yeah, but instead they just they mm. glued the old one back together. What? I mean, these are. Yeah. It, it, it's they phoned. I will admit. So nine it, it, for in certain ways, they just phoned it in. Yeah. And, and yeah. so the damage that I will admit that the trilogy is huge. What's that? Go ahead, Adam. I will I will admit that I I do have some nostalgia for The Force Awakens, where I'm not sure that I have any for the two that followed. Um, but I think I credit it almost more just to the height than necessarily the the movie or the culture that was created afterwards because of the movie i think it, a lot of it was just the hype um and the magic of everyone excited about star wars is coming back you know i remember going to new york comic-con just before the movie came out and just all the excitement of finally seeing some of those hard to find uh, products on the shelves in times square um, and seeing, uh, you know, some of the displays at like celebration and stuff and, and, you know, not having seen the movie yet and how exciting, you know, all of that was, um, you know, and, 
and there, I'm definitely nostalgic for for that period. But you know, I think one of the signs of of whether you know, and I agree with I agree with Jimmy that you know the kids they're they're going to have some level of nostalgia because this is this is just what happened in their childhood, whether it was any good or not. Right. But I think one of the tests is. Right, right, exactly. But one of one of the tests is, you know, hmm. what about what about BB-8? Where where is BB-8? BB-8 is not rolling around. When we were kids, um, R2D2 and C-3PO were still the ambassadors for Star Wars. They were going on the Tonight Show. They were going on the Muppets. They were showing up at the White House periodically. True. You know, they were with Mr. T and different different celebrities. Where is BB-8? Um, and that's nothing on BB-8. I love BB-8. I think he was probably the best thing to come out of the, this this trilogy era. But Lucasfilm has forgotten about him. Disney has forgotten about him. He's gone. Um, and that's I think that's a big test of how long how well this is going to last. You know what? You will actually back up your point about that is uh, we have the Disney Chase Visa cards, and I've got a Vader card, and you can get different characters on your card. My wife several years ago, got a BB-8 card because that's one of the styles they offered. And uh, earlier this year, her card kind of got worn out, which is never a good sign when your credit card gets worn <laughs> out. Um, and she had to go get a new one. She went to the Chase page and they don't offer BB-8 anymore. Oh, so wow. she got a she got a Baby Yoda because she didn't have, they didn't have BB-8 anymore. They just got rid mm. of it. But I mean, so, Lucasfilm just doesn't mm. even care. They don't care about the sequels. Mm. So why should we? I think there's an element within the story group that's trying to retcon all the different, you know, tangential elements of right. the sequel trilogy. They're trying to stitch that into uh, newer canon and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. But they got their hands full with that. Uh, I could connect mm -hmm. the dots with all that stuff, but nobody's asking me to run the story group. I think it should be us <laughs> for running the story group, quite honestly. Yeah. Well, you know, we'd figure it out. But, yeah. um, you know, corporations, there's a lot of moving parts. So, and there's a lot of voices at the table and sometimes yep. not necessarily the right voices at the table. And, um, and so that's, what's going on with, with the direction that the sequel's heading in. Now, what could revive it all is if they did another movie with Daisy Ridley and, mm -hmm. and anybody else, um, they would definitely want to bring back John Boyega because that guy got the raw end of the deal. No yeah. About it. I mean, he was supposed to be a Jedi. Yeah. Barely, you know, they just ignored that in the last Jedi and then barely even humored the idea in the third film. So, mm -hmm. but it's there, you know, I, I felt bad for him in the last Jedi because. Yeah. Go ahead, Scott. Yeah. He literally went from a, a guy who was running away from all the conflict in the force awakens to and who learns to stand his ground and actually goes toe-to-toe -to -toe with Kylo Ren and gets his ass handed to him, but he's he's going toe-to-toe -to -toe with him. And then the very next movie, he's a coward and he's running away again. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that I don't get. Uh, they, you know, they put him through the exact same paces in the, in the Last Jedi. And it's just, you know, he does deserve a little more than that. He deserves a little better than that. He's a great actor. Was he really running away though, or was he going off to look for Ray? Because I mean, he's going to look for Ray, but yeah, 
what's Ray doing? She's not in the middle of the conflict. She's well, hanging out with Luke. And but speaking, neither is 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 uh, is Finn though. I mean, he was barely part of the resistance. You know, right. he just yeah. jumped on board because he knew his way around the Imperial facilities. Um, and he so got the raw end of the deal too. <laughs> Every yeah. time, every time. <laughs> Come on, he the guy went from being a janitor to a general. Come on, that, then, that's <laughs> why is he a janitor? Why were they sending a janitor out to go torch that village? At the yes. Who sends yeah. a janitor out to do that kind of dirty work? Good call. It's like death trooper stuff, <laughs> you know. And so, oh well, we got you know we got the janitor here. He's itching to go out and torture <laughs> some people and burn their village. You know, let's send a janitor. Hey, we, I, I want I want to throw this out there. Um, I, I recently saw something just came up the other day. George Lucas was asked how he watches the Star Wars movies. Did you guys see this? What what order no. he, he watched them? He said, asked him. Where did they ask him this? At, it was just it was an article I was reading just yesterday. Uh, George Lucas was asked how he watches the Star Wars movies. He said. One through six. One through six. Well, yeah, that's how we always intended it. Yeah. He, yeah. I remember reading, I was in seventh grade reading an interview with him where he said that at the end of it, at the end of it all, he'd like to have them shown on TV one a week, starting at one and working through the end to nine, you know, or whatever at the time or 12 or, you know, it depends on what day of the week, I guess it was. Yeah, I watch uh, one through six and then uh, sometimes we put on solo for laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> right. You know, so, I mean, I, I, is that notable? The omission of, uh, well, I, you know, I mean, seven, yeah. eight, nine. <laughs> I, I think so. He we did don't not watch mention that in the house. No, he did not watch, he yeah. did not mention those at all. So, mm -hmm. um, very but, telling. So, I, yeah, I thought that was good because so many people watch him in, you know, the machete way and this way and that way. And I get it, yes. you know, to each their own. But mm. he, even though I grew up with the original trilogy, w when I'm doing a marathon, uh, you know, with like when we're prepping for the next movie to come out of the theater, which I've got plenty of time to prep for that now, um, I watch them in numerical order and 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 fit in Rogue One where it's supposed to go and things like that, right? So, um, I just thought it was interesting that that was how he said because I at first I was like, will he say four, five, six, and then one, two, three? And no, he he went in numerical order, so I thought that was pretty interesting. But again, omitted seven, eight, and nine. Um, his design you know he's yeah. gonna stick with his own design. yeah and he had said multiple times during yep. the prequels that that's how he intended it to be you know he wanted the story to go in that linear fashion these kids with their marathons today here's what i remember i bought my first vhs set of star wars when i was 18 my grandmother had a tradition every man in the household every man in the family got a hundred dollar bill for christmas and so when I turned 18 nice. and my first Christmas at a, as an 18 year old, I got my hundred dollar bill and my dad was going, you better use that for college and you better not waste it on nothing. So of course <laughs> I, I was at Walmart and I'm, you know, they've got the trilogy and they're like 18 bucks a piece. So I'm buying that. So I bought the whole trilogy. Dad found out, blew a gasket and uh, went back to for second semester of college. And I don't, I don't own a VCR or a TV. So <laughs> I've just got these tapes with me. And so one day I packed a lunch for myself and I went to the library where they had these little carols with a VCR and a nine inch Sony yes. Trinitron. 
and I sat and I watched a marathon in the carol yeah. of the three movies. That's how you do it. Yeah. That's how you, I used to watch um, movies at the library. I remember that's where I first saw the day the earth stood still. Ah. <laughs> I was killing time. I was like, yeah, I heard about this movie a lot. I should watch it. I just remember sitting there. Watching. Got a Klaatu and a Nikto in it. So you're good. Oh, yeah. All that Barata. Stuff. Man. Yeah. Yes. VHS yes. tapes at the library. I love it. That's awesome. One thing I can't do, though, is, is I mean, I very rarely will pop on a Star Wars film. And go, you know, I'm going to settle in here and watch Return of the Jedi. It, that just doesn't happen. Yeah. When I watch it is when I'm channel surfing. At night, mm -hmm. you know, and I'll be like, oh, Jedi's on. Mm -hmm. And I just see what, where is that at? I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I might watch, you know, flip around again, come back to it. The only time I ever really pop in the original trilogy is on New Year's Eve. I always blow up the Death Star at midnight. Yep. So that requires a viewing. But um, if I do watch a Star Wars film now or anything, it, it's something new. Yeah, it's something new. It's like, some uh, sequel trilogy stuff or um you know mandalorian of course you know re-watching the streaming stuff i want to see all the bad batch episodes again refresh before that show returns next month yep so that's where a lot of my viewing time is going and then of course i'm always watching documentaries and things like that um but to say that i'm going to be like Tonight, I'm going to sit down and watch Empire Strikes Back. Number one, it would be like, well, what version? <laughs> okay. See, I'm more likely to, to sit down and watch a remastered version of the original edit, you know, depending pick your sound mix. What I like to do, the last time I watched Star Wars was I watched the remastered original print, well, you know, um yeah whichever one that may have been the one with bigs in it right yeah no. yeah right <laughs> not even close now he came afterwards in the special editions uh, but um but just that original one as it was when we saw it in the theaters in 77 but i watched with the 77 mono mix yeah that's the audio yeah. to hear and that almost that almost gives you an entirely different movie. I mean, not the, the dialogue. There are very mm. few differences in dialogue. In that. For the sound effects, there's a lot of differences there. Lots of yeah. Lots of differences with the sound effects, and just the overall way that it just feels more like a mix from the '70s, mm -hmm. which gives the film more of its proper place in time. If you're going to look at the film itself as a time capsule. And that's why I think it's such a shame that the Disney company and George, I mean, it's not Disney. Disney would be releasing those original cuts somehow if they mm -hmm. thought it could make them money. But George has always said, no, 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 no. So they'll wait till he dies. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. The best way we could pay tribute to George Lucas yes. is by releasing these films as he would have intended for it. No, not at all. With the Wolfman in the cantina. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But you know, uh, my yeah. son got a hold of because uh, my son got involved in a lot of this film restoration stuff, and he got a hold of a just a fresh scanned print of an '83 Return of the Jedi, or it might have been an '85 Return of the Jedi print, uh, and we watched that one night, and it's funny because it's so much brighter that just yeah. that scanned print it was a lot really? brighter than the discs that we have, yeah, and it just 
I, I saw so many more things in the corner and that kind of thing in Jabba's palace than I usually see. It was, it was really neat to watch it. Oh, I mean, after now, now I have a mission. Yeah. So that'll be the next star Wars film. <laughs> it, it seems like every movie, whether it's me getting older or just the movies in general, like even with solo, like you mentioned, just everything's so much darker now. I have to watch it. I think I've heard you and Jason talk about it before, Jimmy, where you almost have to watch it a special way, special lighting, everything, oh, just yeah. to see certain movies now. And it's it's crazy. Like, I watched The 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 Batman, right? Um, and I got finished with The Batman. I was like, I saw maybe half the screen for the whole movie. <laughs> so what happened on the outer edges and back in the dark and everything? I, maybe it's young eyes can see it better than than guys in their fifties. I don't know. So, or, or I'll say, you know, them solo movies so damn dark. I can't make out anything. And somebody will say, "Well, did you watch it in Ultra HD 4K?" <laughs> like, what the hell did you just say to me? <laughs> no, I watched it on my on my iPad. <laughs> but, but you know i remember complaining to gloss and gloss and i had it out and we occasionally still have it out about i thought rogue one was too dark and then solo just went way over the top yeah. with the dark i mean mm. it was done purposefully well solo usually ahead. when you go dark you're going dark to cover up something yeah all yeah. the yeah. dark yeah <laughs> well then they should have just put him in high-heeled shoes jimmy um they don't want yeah. anybody to notice it isn't heresy Put lips in there. <laughs> hey, uh, speaking of Glosson, I, I have to know, Jimmy, because obviously listening to your show, has he submitted his song for the the prison? No? No, no. Goodness gracious. Well, we'll accept I mean, you know, masterpieces can't be rushed. <laughs> you know, you, you can't put a timetable on genius. And well, quite he, honestly, the only reason I showed up tonight is because I thought Glosson was going to be here. Well, he, he was supposed <laughs> to be here. Sorry, you hear that, Scott? Oh, no. Oh, man, man, I tell yeah. you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was hoping he'd show up so he'd just debut it on the show here tonight. But yeah, um, Maybe he's working on the final mix as we speak. Y'all, oh, hang on a minute. <laughs> <laughs> he'd have sunglasses on and a hat. <laughs> yeah, he's right now doing that. Hey, um, I did want to follow up, Jimmy, on just on your most recent show. You guys were talking about the um, the, the article after Andor, and we can talk about Andor here in a minute, but the article, I think, stood out to where someone said that Jedis were an albatross on the neck of Star Wars and that they didn't want to see any more Chosen One stories. Mm -hmm. and, and I started thinking... I, not seeing more chosen one stories, it, it felt like it was almost like the participation trophy crowd was chiming in saying, Well, we don't want anybody to be feeling special, right? We don't want we don't want the special person to have these special gifts and talents. Everyone should be the same. When I was listening to you guys talk, that was always in my head yeah. was that kind of a, a you know an idea about it. But even the chosen ones in Star Wars are very flawed and make mistakes. And yeah. It, and, you know, it, it's it's amazing to me that that was the comments that came after Andor, that not having Jedi made it better and that not having a chosen one in that kind of a storyline. And, you know, for me, um, there is no Star Wars without Jedi being in Star Wars. Even even I think you guys talked about it. It was a brief clip of them and a little snippet of them in Star Wars and then a little bit more in Empire and then a little bit more in Jedi 
And then, of course, boom, a full rush of it into the, the prequel era. But Jedi and that mythology and that mysticism play a huge role in Star Wars. If it's not that, it's just Battlestar Galactica, pretty much, right? I mean, right, right. Now that's so, the truth. Yeah. Go ahead, Scott. I'm, no, I'm just, I, was just I didn't want you digging at Battlestar Galactica. That's I, I, I enjoyed Galactica. Battlestar Galactica. The old, I the original Battlestar. Yeah, I was just going to say it, it is. It is hard to say we're going to make a show, a movie, whatever, and ignore the thing that binds the galaxy together. <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, how how can you do that and in good conscience and tell a good story when you're ignoring the entirety of the force? You know, it is the thing that drives it all. You know, solo film almost <laughs> made it all the way through <laughs> without having any Jedi. And then they, they really just like shoved Darth Maul in there at the last minute, probably fearing critique from a Scott Rifen who said, <laughs> do this, put out a Star Wars film without Jedi in it. And so they just kind of shoved him in there. And that was a jarring experience for me as a fan, you know. What the hell? Because Darth Maul was chopped in half, right? I mean, if you want to go through live action mythology, and even his return in Clone Wars makes his appearance, it, it doesn't make his appearance in Solo any less absurd. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Adam, what are your I'm saying, thoughts? I'm just saying that Solo may have been a better film without the Darth Maul shoved in Ooh. at the end. Okay. But but you know as well as I do that that's not what sunk that movie. No, I mean no. I mean that's like saying you know well the Titanic would have been okay if not for that little bucket of water that was sitting there. <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah, right. I get that there were there were definitely other icebergs <laughs> in the water. <laughs> There's no question about that. Yes, Adam, your thoughts on Jedi and mysticism and and saying that that is something that drag star wars down well we've got andor um and i got two episodes into andor and i was like if you didn't tell me that this was star wars if it didn't have star wars on the title um I would have no idea that it was Star Wars other than, you know, if you're very hardcore and you look very closely, you see, you know, some background aliens from the sequel trilogy or, you know, the outline of a ship. But that that was it. There were there was nothing else. Um, and it's not just it's not just the the elements, you know, the lack of droids and aliens. It's the the lack of space opera, the lack of fantasy, the lack of mythology you know the lack of the, the 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 spiritual themes and and that truth and and the lack of fun and i was bored and but i kept going um it, it got better in episode three and the next arc was a little better and then we got to the prison arc and i realized again by the second episode of the prison arc i'm bored I'm I'm watching this out of obligation, um, not because I want to. Um, this feels like a chore. And for the first time in my 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 Star Wars fandom, I I I asked myself, why am I gonna you know keep watching? And so I didn't. I, I stopped right there, and I haven't seen the rest of Andor. Um, so I think that that lack of 
you know, it's it's not just you know the even the the Jedi lack of Jedi and lightsaber. It's just it's just all the fundamental building blocks of Star Wars, you know, that were just wiped away from uh, Andor, and it just I wasn't interested. They they lost me. Yeah, well that's fair because I think the show in general is an experiment. Mm-hmm. An experiment to do Star Wars mm-hmm. in this way that's kind of outside the box compared to what we've seen prior to this. And it sure looks like Favreau and Filoni have planted their flag in a certain part of the Star Wars style. And that would be the thing that's most loyal to George Lucas. And then when we see these other creators come along, like Deborah Chow, like um, Leslie Highland or Headland or whatever her name is, the one who's going to be running the Acolyte, mm-hmm. like Tony Gilroy, um, their takes are, are going to be different, I think, um, because Lucasfilm hasn't settled down on a specific direction for Star Wars, and they're still... 10 years after acquiring the IP, they're still throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and so, you know, I'm all for experimentations and stuff. I mean, it's hard to keep going back to the same well over and over again without completely diluting it. Um, mm-hmm. And I think there is room in Star Wars to tell different stories from different perspectives. Um, But uh, something like Andor is vastly outside the Star Mm -hmm. Wars universe. Mm -hmm. And um, just by, by everything you see in it, there's no interesting creatures. There's no creatures in Andor. See, that's something we didn't bring Mm -hmm. up is that there are absolutely no creatures. Did we see a single one, even like a beast of burden type of creature in Andor? Am I missing some? Am I no? Mm-mm. And not to mention your typical colorful alien species, colorful droids, bounty mm-hmm. hunter types, <laughs> all of those elements, and of course Jedi lightsaber and etc. Yeah, I'll let you go, and I, if you want to no, hop in, I, I, I'm kind of not qualified to have this conversation because I watched the first two. And I've got my little movie theater room upstairs, and that's where I like to watch big event stuff like that. I don't like to watch that on my iPad. I'll watch a Marvel mm-hmm. show on my iPad. Um, I'll turn <laughs> She-Hulk off off when I'm on my iPad. And um, you know, I, I I like to watch that stuff on my, my movie theater, but I just I don't have a lot of time to watch TV right now. And in the fall, what little time I've Florida State is actually winning football games this year, so very my very limited tv watching time has mostly mm-hmm. been spent doing that and uh so that's you know and when i'm riding on the stationary bike you know i got the tablet and i don't want to watch andor on the tablet because i want to watch it on something big uh so you know i'm watching pretty much watching columbo right now so if you want to do a columbo episode i'm in columbo <laughs> i got columbo down right now hey i, I was an extra in a peter falk movie a long time ago i oh, yeah. The one with D.B. Sweeney, where they, um, it was uh, baseball related. Oh, gosh. It, they, they filmed part of it in Indianapolis. So mm. I, I was in the background of some scenes, but yeah, maybe 
Peter Falk Colombo. Just Dee had to tie Sweeney that in there. Lives in the suburb right next to mine. Really? Whoa. Look at Whoa. us. Cool. Connecting cool. the worlds yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Six degrees of Jimmy Mack. <laughs> wow. Yes. Um, to, so go, going, you know, there's times when people listen to our show and they'll say, well, gosh, you guys love Star Wars, but you, you kind of talk negative about it more than you talk positive about it. Hey, I um, like Andor. <laughs> I, I I enjoyed it. I mean, you're right. It was a task sometimes to watch it, but by the time I was like, okay, I, I see where they're going with this. I mean, I actually mm-hmm. like the Mon Mothma segment of the story. I liked seeing the, the inner workings. I mean, to think that she was willing to say, hey, I'm going to follow this betrothing my 13-year-old daughter to a a guy because it's Shandrillin and Oh, by the way, it's going to give me a lot of money. I mean, spoilers, Rifen. Yeah, I know. I'm like, what? But now, wait, did you say Chandrillin? <laughs> Isn't that right? Right? Are the, yes. Is it? I mean, I'm just asking yeah. because I think that's the the Starliners that Galactic Star Cruiser. Please tell me that wasn't done out of corporate synergy. Um, no, that's, that's always no. been the case for okay. Mon. Okay. Yeah. Back in the expanded universe, she's okay. always been the senator from Chandrilla. See? Okay. There we go. Nothing ever in the original films or anything, but it, no. it popped up in the expanded universe. So for Adam and for Scott, I'm, I, it's it's not a spoiler, but it but it is something you'll see. It's mm-hmm. just a, a, a small segment. They mm-hmm. do mention Canto Bite in Andor. Canto Bites. So just, I mean, long story short, apparently Mon's husband has a history with gambling. Yes. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the only place in the galaxy where people gamble. So obviously, well, she just throws it out there. Yeah, you yeah. Know, go, you know, you know why? Connective tissue. Because she doesn't want him gambling on Coruscant, where it, you know, will make her look bad, and everyone will see it. So she's like, "Yeah, go off to Cantle Bite if you have to, you know, get your rocks off gambling." It's be like, you know, just like how somebody say, "Go to Vegas." You know? That's right. Mm-hmm. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. What happens in Cantabite stays in Cantabite. Jimmy, I think that's a new shirt that Rebel Force Radio can probably put yeah. on there. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so, with us having some, I don't know, negative or or serious discussions about things that are going on in the Star Wars universe, are there things you're looking forward to? I mean, one, I personally would look forward to ever getting back to having a movie because on our show i've said star wars is a movie franchise that is okay having books comics and tv series but it's a movie franchise get back to making good solid movies again mm-hmm. but outside of movies are there things that are coming up whether it's ahsoka whether it's mandalorian in the next season bad batch so on and so forth are there things you're looking forward to you're excited about or you say hey I, I look forward to watching this. All of them. All of them. All across the board. Okay. All right. Adam, how about you? Um, yeah, for me, uh, anything from Favreau and Filoni. So uh, Mandalorian and Ahsoka. And I, I don't know if they've got another little show in their sphere or not. Um, I love the uh, this Jedi Tales or Tales of the Jedi. So I hope they do a sequel. I'd love to see more of um, of uh, uh, Count Dooku. Uh, we need some uh, Padawan Dooku and Dooku with Asajj Ventress I, training her. I think that would be really great. Uh, that's that's really a no brainer. I fully expect that. Um, 
And the Bad Batch, uh, I'm cautiously optimistic. I, I just the first season was fun. I, I hope it kind of continues that level or, or, or even higher. So th there's things I'm, I'm looking forward to imminently. Um, I'm not excited about uh, what I've heard about, you know, movies and some of the other things that are on the slate, to be honest. Um, I just, I've seen, you know, I've seen misses, whether it, you know, I, I, I haven't been crazy about the other live action Star Wars this season. And I've just seen things come from some of the other directors and future stuff. I'm just, it makes me cautious about, you know, the other things but what i said I, in the beginning i i, li I liked and I, i'm looking forward to that so i okay. i i have full full confidence those things will be good okay <laughs> jimmy max excited for it all that's good yeah. what about what about skeleton crew I, I, yeah. right is that the name of it i that one's kind of out there i'm, I'm cautiously optimistic i mean it seemed interesting but uh what what do you Jimmy or, or Scott, anything on any of those shows? Well, I, you know, the, the guy who's directing it is the same guy who did those Spider-Man films with Tom Holland. And so those are pretty damn good films. Mm -hmm. you know, let him take a dip in Star Wars water, see what he comes up with. I mean, obviously, this is something completely out of left field with little connection to Star Wars storytelling up to this point from what we can understand. He's got mm -hmm. Jude Law. He's a pretty good actor. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, and Fabro and Filoni will be involved in it. I, I think it, it might be a good one. Um, yeah, it, it might uh, establish something entirely different from Star Wars. Is it their attempt to like bring a Stranger Things kind of vibe to Star Wars with the kids? Maybe. Um, I guess it just depends on how likable the characters are and the actors that they get to play these kids. Uh, there's so many different variables involved, but I mean, just from what we know, I think it's fair to be cautiously optimistic about it. I think we'll see it next summer, maybe, because it's already been shot. Okay. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Me either. Yeah. Star Wars Galaxy of Fear, the motion picture. When is that coming out? Galaxy of <laughs> I'm sitting there. I'm like, what, did you hear something? Well, I no, if, you, if you're going to do a Stranger Things, I mean, they, you know, they did the, oh, yeah. the, the horror yeah, books did. with the kids. That was kind of like their take take on the uh, the, the goosebumps. goosebumps. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Galaxy of Fear. Yeah. John Whitman. You know, uh, another another one that I completely forgot to discuss. Uh, the Acolyte. Where where do we stand on that one? Because I mean, this is going to be a Sith led show from what it's yes. saying it's going to be looked at more of a dark approach of that i mean jimmy won't like it because it'll probably be filmed pretty dark you know so <laughs> well, <that's> <laughs> <necessary>. <laughs> um I, but i mean i i think it's before it, the timing is before palpatine but it could include maybe a plagueis in that time frame isn't it 50 years or so before phantom menace I think they said a hundred years. So 100. I don't know if you'll have okay. Darth, Darth Plagueis. Um, but you never know. I mean, that guy could be 200 years old for all we know. Now, where is Geode in the timeline on all that? Oh, here we go. <laughs> Life is a rock. <laughs> but Geode rolled me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had on my list right here, Scott. I had huh? right here. 
high republic discussion question mark i you've you've opened the door um uh, has anybody i read i think the first two maybe three books and then it was very difficult for me to say i'm really excited to keep reading these i'm i, I don't know have any of you read any of them i have <laughs> i say with 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 fatigue i remember this my voice um, yeah, I don't like it. I don't. I, I don't like it because I, it's too ambitious. They're throwing way too many characters at you, and in my in my impression, all these characters are so homogenized. They're, they're all the same. They're all vanilla. They're all the same. Um, anything that makes them different from the other characters has nothing to do with the story, and it's just so hard to keep them all. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had somebody reach out to me and go, "What are you talking about?" hard to keep track of i have no problem keeping track of the characters in these stories with help from my trusty spreadsheet like, you can tell me i need to be referred to a spreadsheet to read the stupid star wars book get the out of here now so i didn't care for it and it just like it didn't go anywhere no where was the story it just didn't go anywhere. They built this big shopping mall in yeah. the sky. They had a grand opening for it. Some terrorists blew it up. And that's the end of the story. That's all you got, man. Yeah. There are these plants that eat people. Mm -hmm. Feed me. What was <laughs> Feed me Seymour. Feed me Seymour. <laughs> Feed me. I've seen this movie already. Um, yeah. it just it boy, it didn't connect with me at all. However. They're doing phase two now, and it's the wackiest storytelling. So they're jumping back now, 150 years prior to this story with the shopping mm -hmm. mall that got attacked. And and they're going to have all these different characters and stuff. I'm like, oh, my God, you guys spent a whole year throwing all these characters at us, and now they don't even matter anymore. We're jumping back 150 years in the future. Well, so, they're, so they're doing that, and the comic book has been released, and the one of the Jedi's name is Vildar Mac. So maybe they did name a character after me. I just don't know. <laughs> I mean, Mac, you know, that's pretty yeah. cool. Vildar Mac. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I'm in. I won't read the novels, but I'll look at the dumb comic book. So far, so good, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, High Republic. If you're going to put Yoda in your story, make it matter. Make mm. it. You have Yoda. Right. And the, he's not being utilized. What is this? Okay. I I'm I'm on your side on this one. I my when they first released it, I told everybody on the show, can you please get Adam Bray or someone mm. similar to his skills to put together a nice hard hardback book that's just a quick bio on each person that's going to be in mm. these novels. So while I'm reading it, I can go, which one was that again? Oh, it's this person that yeah. does this. Got it. I'm reading it and literally I'm thinking in my head, you know, that, that meme where the, where it's got John C. O'Reilly and all the numbers are bouncing around and the, the cosines and the at symbols. That's what my head is mm. doing when I'm, I'm going, I don't know which character this was, Wh who does this, who does that? Because they're putting 150 characters in three books and you don't know anything about any of them. So yeah, mm. it, it same way for me, very difficult. And I, I, I give them, I give them credit for, you know, trying to build something with publishing. And I think 
I haven't talked to anybody about it. So this is just my understanding, understanding from how things generally work. I think they tried to build something because it was so constraining trying to write stories that tied into the movies and sure. now the TV shows because they didn't want to be tripping over each other and they didn't want to keep being told, no, you can't do that because you're going to mess it up for the movie. So they, they created this new era. So I give them credit for trying to build something new. I, I think that's great, but it needed to be more in order to matter. They, they needed to follow the shadows of the empire model where there were also toys and there was a video game um, and there was a soundtrack and, you know, there was other, there were other tangible things that can pull you in from all different directions and, and all different medias, because there are, you know, even I didn't, I didn't indulge in all that media back in the day, but I, I, I indulged in enough of it, you know, that, that parts of it still resonate, you know, these decades later, you know, and they're still, they're still drawing from it. Um, so they, they missed the boat on that. Um, and I think if, if this TV show, um, this acolyte, if that is building on that, I think they're just, now they're going to run into the same problem they were trying to avoid of things tripping over each other. Mm. Um, you know, what I hear you as saying, as far as the act, <laughs> yeah. However, however, with both in production at the same time, I think maybe the TV show kind of sets a foundation for what publishing is doing. They have enough head start to be able to work around mm -hmm. what is the story at that time, you know, until the kids if they're communicating, yeah, and all of that. But um, they can they can be in control of that a little bit more. And I think mm -hmm. it's just the acolyte will connect more to the broader Star Wars universe than it will to a specific high republic publishing initiative you know i think it'll be more about the the jedi and the sith and w what they say about the show sounds promising mm -hmm. it sounds like um it's it's going to be there's going to be a mystery thriller aspect to it um involving sith infiltrating the jedi in this time period you know potentially planting seeds for uh their grand plan to have somebody a, a sith guy take over in a in a big political situation like a chancellor so that i think that's where all of that stuff is going to come together during the acolyte um who is the acolyte wouldn't it be great if it was like a darth talon or something even though she is in the future of star wars <laughs> You know, just take that character out of Star Wars Legacy and put her in yeah. the show. I'd be fine with that. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, give her a whole rebirth uh, just to see her. Oh, red <laughs> tattooed up. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, um, and what else do they say about the acolyte? I, I've heard female centric being thrown around, but it's coming from Lucasfilm. You don't even have to say yeah. that. Well, the force is female. So yeah. we get it. We yeah. get it. Right. You know. <laughs> Um, it's going to be female centric no matter what. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah we, we don't necessarily need that uh, precursor there. Uh, we get it. We see Lucasfilm. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, what else? What else? Um, what else have I heard about it? Well, it just started filming. 
Okay. We just started shooting like um, in November in England. So it might be a case of seeing more practical sets in this show. Um, maybe not relying on the volume so much because all that shot, all that stuff is shot on the West coast. I believe they have the technology in England, but maybe not to, they don't use it to the extreme or what have you because Andor barely. I was to say Andor. Oh so. yeah. Andor did use the tech, you know, for like outside the windows and stuff, but they didn't have characters mm. standing in the stagecraft walking around it like that. Like they do with Mando. Like Mando, yeah. And Kenobi. Yeah. yeah. Now, now, Adam, yeah. what I'm hearing you say is the High Republic is basically the Star Wars equivalent of David S. Pumpkins. I think that's what I heard you say. David Pumpkins? I don't know I what mean, David Tom, S. Pumpkins Saturday is. Saturday Night Live. That's Tom, it's, oh. Tom Hanks plays a character and they animated him once, but I I don't get it. Like I don't oh. get the gist of it. But I it's know just, what you're talking about. It's right? just it's so its far. own thing. It's mm-hmm. nothing to do with anything else. It's just there. I'm David and nobody Pumpkins, really knows man. why it's there. That's yeah, but right. Yoda's there. You know, you can put Yoda in there. Yeah, it should be wow. something. You use Yoda. You I know? you know. I started reading the comics. I haven't read any of the novel. I gave up on all the novels when one of the authors said that half the country should be thrown into a wood chipper. Oh. And I, I said, uh, you know, I said, uh, Chuck. <laughs> no names, but uh, I said to myself at that point, I don't think I can continue giving my money to someone who wants me dead. Uh, you know, I'll just, I'll just mail it to a rock or something if I'm going to do that. So geode. yeah. Yeah. Geode. And, um, uh, yeah, so I, I was reading the comments about he's a pariah in the good. Star Wars publishing. He'll never work for Star Wars again. And he shouldn't. But uh, and, and I mean, and not the least of which is because of the books he already wrote. But um, <laughs> the, I started with the comics and there was a certain vibe. There was a there was a, a whole dark horse fell into at one point where like every story arc seemed to be. The Jedi go to a planet. There's a ruler of the planet. He has a daughter who's a rebel. And there's a, you know, there's, there's a traitor in the palace and he's actually with the other side or the daughters with the other side. And it was like the same story over and over again with different planet names, and different people names. And, uh, when I started reading the high Republic stuff, it felt like that thing mm-hmm. where they just were kind of taking the same story mm-hmm. template and throwing some new names and new planet names on there and maybe a new look or a new color. And all right, here you go. Let's ship that one off. So I didn't, I'm still buying it, but I didn't stick with it. What's that? Yeah, there's just too many cooks in the kitchen also with this thing. Mm. It's just like too many people are involved. It's just this big corporate yeah. gangbang using Star Wars IP. And, and but I mean, no, Adam's right. <laughs> Adam's right, though. It is, it is, it is, there is a purpose. They certainly are restricted with what they can do. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, sh- but I don't know. They used to do all kind of books about Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess he can anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, because Luke what? will show up yeah. in the Mandalorian, you know, or he'll show up in the Boba Fett. Show. Yeah. But you know, all the, you know, everybody wants the Solo Two thing to happen, and not everyone. No, not everyone. <laughs> the, the hashtaggers want the Solo Two thing to happen. And one thing that's never really mm-hmm. been introduced back because they've introduced a lot of the old canon stuff back into the the new canon. Mm-hmm. They've never introduced the corporate sector authority. Right, the brownies. Yeah, mm. I want those guys back in. Brown, wait. Well, what? Yeah. What is the? What is the? Um, in the Andor, wasn't it corporate brown coats? Brown coats. I think something what, like that. 
I've got is, them back is there. Is it their franchise that has brown coats and they're they're the enemy? Oh, that's uh, yeah, it's one of the video game things. No, no, it's uh, it's uh, Serenity Firefly. Oh, isn't it? And the corporate authority, they weren't the brownies because those are the the little tiny from Willow bells from Willow. Yeah. Um, but they did. They were called something. The brown, the brown something. The brown heads. <laughs> um, it's been forever since i read yeah. those brian daily novels oh, oh, those oh the man best. i love them i read them multiple times yes uh, when i was younger and and there was a similar vibe to the daily novels that i felt um was the vibe with the marvel comics mm-hmm. the original run yep. it was kind of wacky kind of out there and nobody cares what continuity it stepped on a lot of times and stuff you know, Jimmy, you brought up the Marvel comics. Um, I, I think my, I think our show, Rule of the Galaxy, might be one of the only places you can hear a Mr. Scott Rifen do oh. the Marvel <laughs> comics run in five minutes, where he hits every comic with with at least uh, a comment. Um, oh. On one of our most recent shows, he did Marvel Star Wars Marvel comics in five minutes. Wow. Yeah. All yeah. 107 issues and three uh, and three annuals. Yes. Mm-hmm. Annuals? Yes. Wow. Uh, <laughs> wow. Yep. Jack is proud of you. Um, yeah. Um, and who was the girl who died? Jolly. She'd never been Jolly, kissed. who's never kissed a man. Yeah. Who never kissed a man. Yeah. So silence for Jolly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I felt proud. I felt proud that he he said, "Can I read it on here?" I said, "Hell yeah, let's go." And and I've got that recorded. It's out there right now. People can check it out. I I had some people who listen to our show who never have read the Marvel comics, obviously, and they're like, "What the hell was that?" <laughs> that was like 1977 through 1985. Go check it out. There's a lot of them. Go, you know, it's yeah, they're out there. So, but they're fun. I love those. Oh yeah, they're a lot of fun, and they were so hard to find for a long time too. Yep. because like. Growing up in the 70s and 80s, it's not like there were really comic book shops. Mm-mm. You had the spinner racks if you were lucky no. at a 7-Eleven or someplace. Oh, uh, yeah. You knew which, yeah. for me in the small town, you knew which convenience stores had the best yeah. racks. Yeah. Yep. And, mm-hmm. you know, the odds that you can ask your mom or dad to stop by there to pick up the latest comic. And, you know, maybe they would, maybe they wouldn't. <laughs> your odds were never that good, you know. Um, but they just disappeared then when it was all over with because mm-hmm. pop culture had um, shelf life and things would come and things would go. And I would just remember maybe in the late eighties, I was saying to myself, boy, I wish I could get my hands on some of those old star Wars, Marvel comics and stuff. And right around that time, the comic shops started to make themselves, um, you know, they, they, they came on the scene and were showing up more and more places. And then I befriended a guy in the early nineties who owned this comic shop called Comic Collector in Berwyn. Berwyn. Um, if you're from the Chicago area, you get the reference I just made. Um, and he had a line on all the marbles, the whole run. And he bought the whole collection and he said he would sell me each issue two bucks a piece. What? Yeah. And I didn't have to buy them all at once either. Oh, I could, what? you know. Uh, you know, Jeez. Uh, I had the spare change or whatever. So I was able to complete the collection that way. 
And that was the first time I saw any of those in the longest time, you know. And it was a trip, man. It was a real trip. And like those, the loss of Star Wars is, is in my personal belief, something that really helped make it so special and precious to old school fans yep. was the fact that it just disappeared for mm -hmm. a long time after it was yep. over. And you would think about it sometimes <laughs> like Kyle Newman would tell me, and I agree. I, I you know, with, with what he said, he like, sometimes he'd have dreams where he'd walk into a store and there'd be all these action figures on the yep. bags of <laughs> things that had never been oh, released. Yeah. I think he would always say the R1 droid. That was his, his the big one he really wanted mm -hmm. to see was the R1 droid on a vintage card. And that still is yet to happen. Poor Kyle, though. It's because <laughs> of him that the Ben Quadraneros figure was ever actually created, you know? And that's, yeah. uh, that's old so well, Hasbro went and they <laughs> parted out all the pod race drivers after that. That's all because mm. of Kyle. Did not know that. Yeah, yeah, it's all because of Kyle and uh, Forcecast. He, we would have him on the show. Oh wow! The original Forcecast that me and Swank hosted with Pete Nadel, and um, Kyle came on saying that Ben Quadraneros was his favorite character, and somehow we convinced Hasbro that it was like it was legit, like Kyle was being serious, <laughs> and they 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 heard Kyle talking on our show at um, Star Wars Celebration. And Kyle was just going, man, what I would give to have a Ben Quadraneros on a vintage card. And the guy who ran the Star Wars brand at Hasbro at the time, Daryl the Priest, he heard all this. And he thought he, Kyle was being curious. <laughs> he really did. He had no idea. So he put the thing in production. He thought, oh, the fans are dying for this guy. I remember Katie Lucas once. <laughs> she goes to Kyle. This is George Lucas's daughter. And she goes to Kyle, hey, you know that uh, pod race driver you're really uh, really high on? I, I, I finally looked him up. And she's like, that's the guy? That guy? <laughs> joke. It was a joke. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's funny how things just kind of go off the rails sometimes over stupid things that a podcast can talk about. But hey. It's funny, it's funny the detail that they put into that action figure, too, because that Ben Quadraneros, he comes with a, a droid, too. It's, it's one of the nicest vintage collection figures that they've made in that run. It's really highly detailed. Yeah, you know, um, we were at Disney once for one of those, um, you know, the celebrations, and uh, it was Kyle and Matt Wood, me, and Swank, and Paul, and who else was with us? I can't remember, but somebody just came out of nowhere in the darkness, just came out of nowhere, and he had Ben Quadraneros action figures on the card and wanted Kyle and um, and Matthew Wood to sign. Wow. Because <laughs> I guess Matt does the, the, the voice or something, whatever. That's ben cool. It's like an uh-oh or something like that. I think Matt does the voice of that. Well. So, no, I, I, you know what? I, I think Ben Quaternaros is the way we're going to tie up the show into a nice little wait, bow right there. Oh, wait, Scott wait. has got something to go with it. Jimmy, Espos. 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 Did they, they, they have a nickname, though? Or they I thought that was the nickname. I thought Espos uh, is, maybe they must have wore brown uniforms or something. Maybe, maybe. Got to look that up. Yeah. 
You got it. Got to do a reread now. One of Adam Bray's books. <laughs> it probably is, Adam. Um, okay, I'll go around the room. We'll close things up here tonight for Rule the Galaxy. Mr. Adam Bray out in the jungle, out in his green room behind his house. Anything you want to hit on, anything we didn't hit on tonight that, uh, or anything you want to promote again before we uh, break camp here? Uh, yeah, just um, if, if you're looking for a, uh, a pricey, fancy book, go check out that Easton <laughs> Press Ultimate Star Wars. Um, and uh, let's see, uh, my book signings, if you know anyone in Northern Michigan, in Petoskey, Michigan, uh, the movie theater, uh, Christmas weekend, Gaylord, Michigan, the movie theater, New Year's weekend. Come out and see me. And you can get books, signed uh, Star Wars and Marvel books for me anytime. Just uh, email me, uh, Adam Bray at worldsbydesign.com. You got it. Well, Adam, I appreciate it. I, I feel like you got the, the greenhouse room there to make you remember back your days in southeast asia it probably brings you back to your time living there at least that's what's in my mind looking yep. at you there it does i've i've got some plants that are from there too <laughs> there we go see i knew i was getting that vibe so you got a green thumb <clears throat> yeah i can't make anything grow that does look good there um <laughs> mr scott Rifen, who was able to break away from political coverage tonight to come join us and talk star wars anything you want to hit on and Glad you're back from uh, Galaxy's Edge and happy anniversary again. And thank you. We're all waiting thank to you. get our holiday droids. Yes, so. I'm going to try to ship them out this week, and uh, and Steve will get one, even though he's not here tonight. Shaz will get one. Shaz isn't here tonight. Uh, he'll get one as they they usually do. Um, but uh, no, I'm 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 curious to hear what Jimmy's reaction is going to be to that Star Wars bathroom audio um yes that's that's the biggest I'm so thing sorry i missed that. that's no it's fine whatever <laughs> it was marked you know. on red it was uh, i'll bet it was <laughs> yeah yeah yes well, i'm gonna have to check this out but it's not it's not like the eops farting or anything the whole time it's not you know it's not, it's not, you're not that would be great though if they just had like charger and they're going pizza or something yeah. the whole time oh, yeah. you know in the bathroom but he's another missed up that yes yeah. that's a yeah. great one or, or, love or that. you just all of a sudden you hear han solo go i thought they smelled bad on the <laughs> oh my gosh hey with jimmy mack on disney i know you're listening please put get get that in into the restrooms at uh, at galaxy's edge I mean, come on. He's got the Rise of the Resistance amulet right there. So, yeah. Um, Scott, Adam, both of you guys, you know, you guys have been on the show multiple times. Can't thank you guys both enough uh, just for being a part of what we do and being good friends. It, it's great to talk Star Wars with both of you. And uh, hopefully there'll be something in the near future where it's centralized locations where we can all meet up and talk Star Wars and just have some fun together. And we'll even invite steve gloss into it i guess so for you too thank you again uh jimmy i'll let you if there's anything you want to close with but i will tell you um again you know uh it means a lot to me that you would take the time um you know to be a part of this little tiny podcast that we do here where we run we run on bubble gum and, and shoestrings and things like that so to have somebody like you that that does the you know, the big megawatt station you do on Rebel Force Radio to come and do this. We really appreciate it. And again, you have been somebody that my son and I really started the show because of. So we appreciate you taking the time. 
that I like to hear. I, you know, I've had people say that to me that, you know, it's because of you guys, we started this show. And when I'm, and I, that's really awesome to hear that, but not as awesome as ultimate star Wars, fully leather bound <laughs> 24 karat gold, deeply inlaid on the hugged spine from Easton press. I don't think I have a single book that has a hubbed spine. Oh superbly printed on acid neutral paper that lasts for generations this is an heirloom item sewn pages not just glued like ordinary books satin ribbon page marker yes yes satin ribbon page mark i was going to make a joke about adam's dates and the satin ribbon page marker oh gosh and the gilded oh, joke away ends <laughs> superb craftsmanship this is amazing do you have a copy of this adam i do i've i've got one copy they they did uh, the visual encyclopedia um a couple of years ago so this is oh. the second uh, star wars book i've done that, wow. that they've done you have a whole library nice. yeah i have i have one yeah I have one Easton Press book. Uh, That's amazing. And yeah, I have one. A buddy of mine, uh, Jack McDevitt, who's an author, they used to do editions of his books, and he gave me one of them. And they're they're amazing books. I mean, really, if you're a book collector at all, they're gorgeous. That's so cool. And it's Star Wars, too. Yeah. 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 And it's a great book, Adam, really. Ultimate Star Wars. Everyone should. Yep. Well, thank you. Yep. They Easton Press, twice. you guys should advertise on Rebel Force Radio. Yeah, yeah, and on yeah. the Galaxy too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Do tell it. tell give them our emails. We'll be more than happy to talk. Yeah. For sure, for sure. But, well, thanks, uh, man. It was it was great to be on this show. It's great to hook up with Adam and Scott again. And uh great to meet you, Joe. Yeah. And uh I, I really appreciate it. It was a very nice invite. So I'm, hey. I'm glad we could make it happen. I appreciate you putting up with me bothering you and, and taking the time to do oh, it. You got so. to do that. Yeah, you have to do that. You know, it's it, it's nothing personal. It's just I was like, we get it. Rule the galaxy. Yes, and then it's like, then I guess I didn't look at an email. I guess see, it's not just you, Rife. It's, <laughs> it's true. Damn it. <laughs> so no, but usually I try to be pretty good about emails and stuff. But I did miss a couple of years, so. Uh, but we figured it out, and here we are. That's right. And I hope you guys all have a great Christmas. And, you as well. Uh, Likewise. Happy holidays and uh, safe and uh, fun. And um, somebody oh, fit Star Wars into it. I, I, I want Rifen to watch Andor. I want Adam. I want you to finish it. I might watch it again. That's on his, <laughs> it's on his Christmas list, guys. So right, right. there, he's asked for it. Yeah. You got to do it. Yes, yes. Even yeah. though it doesn't have a hubbed spine, twenty-four <laughs> carat, twenty-two carat, or a Jedi, no, it doesn't. It's not quite all the way yeah. twenty-four. Okay, not quite. It's, you know, everything's got to have a slight flaw to it. <laughs> you know, I wonder if they sell like I would take one of these if it was just like it was a little nick or there was like a little scratching dent, mm. yeah, something. It's like hey, don't throw it away. You know, I'll, I'll take it. I won't yeah. tell anybody about the, the defect. It'll just sit on the shelf anyway. Sometimes imperfections <laughs> make them perfect. So yeah. 
guys it has been it has been great thanks so much appreciate it for our listeners remember you know go go follow adam go buy some of his books he's a great guy he does great work especially in the star wars world again if you're not listening to rebel force radio who are you what are you doing because if you listen to rule the galaxy you you need to be listening to the rebel force radio um and and for scott rifen if you don't live in georgia i'm sure on iheart radio and other things (laughs) and he's don't live in georgia it's really not relevant don't worry about it (laughs) How could but we bring back my Star Wars? Story? And that's what I was going to say. My Star Wars story. You need to go check out some of those because they had some great episodes. And mm-hmm. I'm waiting for him to re redo or bring out some new episodes with that. So that's going to happen. It's going to yeah. happen. I just, you know, they they just expanded my show. I'm I'm now everyone's favorite semi syndicated personality because uh, I'm in Brunswick and Savannah now. I'm on. Ooh. I've got two affiliates, awesome. and uh, so you know that that has been. And they've added an extra hour to the show and it's just it's been a lot more work than uh, i had going before and uh once i get it once i finally get this dragon wrestled i'm gonna i'm gonna try and start more star wars story definitely you'll get in the groove yeah that's right well again guys thank you it's always great talking star wars um it was a lot of fun you guys made me laugh and and you know what ha- having a community like this where we're just having fun and sharing time together and talking about a topic like this is a great thing. So thank you again for our listeners. Hopefully you enjoy this show. These are great guys and and great in the Star Wars community. Thanks for following us. Again, follow us at Rule the Galaxy SW on Twitter and Instagram, Rule the Galaxy, Facebook, and YouTube. Go to Etsy, etsy etsy.com. Type in one word, Rule the Galaxy. Go buy some gear, have some fun, good Christmas presents to go along with Adam's book. And if you want to just say something nice or mean about the co-hosts that we had tonight, <laughs> rule the galaxy SW at gmail.com. And until next week, may the force be with you.